here's to courageous pioneers who understand a legacy is multifaceted. Welcome to our Legacy Planning Podcast, a podcast for leaders and visionaries of all ages. Whether you are an independent entrepreneur or someone who is part of a family business, you too can leave something of value behind for a greater purpose. Perhaps your legacy will improve workplace cultures, seize authentic moments, or inspire others with your talent. Your host, Angelina Carlton, is the founder of Design Your Legacy, a boutique advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. She is a mentor and coach to leaders like you and has contributed to Alliance, a philanthropy magazine, as well as to women in family business. She has been recognized by Los Angeles Biz as an LA woman of influence, as well as by World HRD Congress for her work. Remember, you deserve great coaching because your legacy is worth completing. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. I'm Angelina Carlton, hostess of the Design Your Legacy podcast, where I look to distill the best practices, positive examples in action, and the best ideas to inspire you. As today's affluent are two-thirds self-made, I hope to invite a variety of guests from many walks of life and income levels to bring you their insights and experiences. These guests range from family office professionals, Hollywood directors, to those in Generation Z, as they each contribute their thought leadership to this subject of legacy. I hope to provide interesting guests who challenge your beliefs with their strong bias towards optimism in how you too can value your life, time, and personal legacy. This morning, I have the pleasure of introducing Tony Howard. He is the founder and CEO of Redefined Works. He works with a wide, I'm sorry, he writes from a wide range of experiences in education, business, and the U.S. Navy. He studied business at the University of Phoenix and holds two master's degrees from Argosa and Brandman Universities. He gives all of his grace to God and thanks his parents, his best friend and mentor, Angela Barrios, for their continual support. Tony calls California home and can often be found walking on the beach, exploring local zoos, as well as museums. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I am looking forward to this conversation because, as I've mentioned to you previously, this topic of veterans today, I feel like is not being covered as much as it could be as it relates to solutions and remedies. Um, And so I'm just ready to dive in. Um, Would you like to start as to how you came to be in this field, how you came to write four books, and so forth? Uh, Thank you for sharing uh, my background. And uh, I guess one of the most important things is is just life experiences. You know, when I joined the military, uh, it was one of those opportunities to serve your country, as well as taking care of yourself as far as education and traveling the world. Uh, You go through a lot of experiences as far as learning about leadership, management, I think that's one of the most important things as far as uh, day-to-day tasks or direction. And uh, as far as doing almost 13 years in the military, there was a lot of good, there was a lot of bad, uh, there was a lot of learning experiences. And uh, I think one of the biggest things I learned was uh, the way people lead and the way people manage. And you go through these things and you you always have a complaint or, or a concern and sometimes it might not be the place to try to speak on that. So I told myself once I got out of the military, I'm going to find ways to focus on the things that I complain about and the things I learned about and to find 
ways to make life better for the future people who serve the country and the future people who work in the work industry. So I'm big on leadership versus management. That's just one of the biggest things that I got excited about. Yeah, so you get to give a voice to uh, what needs to be voiced. And I think through your books, this is one of the ways that uh, you're able to do that. So I know before we jumped onto this podcast, one of the things you mentioned is that um, individuals need to see themselves as um, who they are first in their identity before who they are in a group, whether they are a veteran or somebody who is serving in the military today. Would you like to start here regarding kind of what you're seeing as the problems? And we're going to jump right into talking about the problems and then we're going to get to the solutions. But I want to dive deep because some of the statistics I've seen is that half of the homeless in the United States today are veterans. I don't know if that's true. I haven't verified it three times, but I uh, am also aware of some of the, the other statistics that when a veteran retires, sometimes they pass away two years thereafter. So let's start with the problem. <laughs> uh, you know what I think the biggest thing is, is uh, work is supposed to be work. And uh, I've noticed when I was in the military, you, you're in the military 24 seven. And it's kind of like there's not an on and off switch. And what I've learned about some of the reasons why people deal with the things they do, they don't give themselves time to think or focus on the things that occur during work or figure out how they can handle things. So it gets to a point where you're going like almost 24 miles. I mean, you're going 100 miles an hour and you can't seem to figure out yourself. You're so focused on thinking yourself is the person who's here to deal with the task. My job is to do what I'm told. My job is to do what I'm told. And then you realize that's who you are. I'm the person who do as I'm told instead of figuring out who you are as an individual. So you don't give yourself time. And then when you get off work, you don't even want to think about it no more. You just want to find something to get your mind off of instead of focusing on who you are as an individual. Yeah, that's a very interesting point that you make because let's say there's a, a Hollywood actor or actress, they can leave the set but in the military, you're under contract for those four years or whatever that term is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How, how, what a great distinction to make because, um, yeah, once you're in it, it, it's your identity. It becomes your identity. And especially if through the repetition, it's not as if uh, you decide that you're going to, you know, put on a different uniform than the one that's been uh, assigned. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the other problems that you also see in addition to that there isn't really a line between who someone is in their personal development as well as the role that they play professionally within the military? Uh, well, people have to learn to take self-accountability as well. Uh, okay. I, I get it. It, it, it. Some things are very hard and you would like to know that someone cares and someone is concerned, but there's times where you don't get that. So you may hope someone feels bad for you or, or, or feel where you're coming from, mm -hmm. but what do you do when that's not available? And you have to learn to just be a stronger person and take that next step of, of overcoming these obstacles and stuff, you know? And I know that's easier said than done, but uh, you have to figure out certain solutions to move forward that'll get your mind off that. Or if you feel like something is a concern or an issue, become an advocate of it, find the ways to, don't be that individual or don't go in that path. And that right. might make you a better person. That may define who you are as an individual. Yeah, so I think what you're pointing to is if somebody can develop their internal resources, their internal landscape, then instead of feeling what I might call pathologically lonely, they then 
can have the inner resources to say, I might be standing here alone feeling like an island, but I can work through this feeling of isolation or alienation compared to either internalizing it or developing bad habits. What say you? Absolutely. Uh, you get so used to being around, like, like for example, with the military, you're around a bunch of people. It's not just you. It's not a one-man team. It's not an individual team. It's, it's, a, it's a, I mean, an individual job. It's a, it's a group. It's a team. And okay. then when you get to yourself, you're by yourself, and and you just start. For some reason, a lot of negative things just start coming up instead of positive things. So what you have to do, you have to surround yourself around positive things. And if you're in the house by yourself, you know, put motivational uh, posters on the wall or read books and stuff like that. So just myself, I always try to surround myself around something positive. You know, you don't don't treat it like a jail cell where it's just empty and depressing or dark, you know, lighten up yourself or be around something that's completely different to get your mind focused. You know? Yeah, that's huge. One of the things I always say to my clients is that our environment makes up 33% of our success. So why not put some effort into positive images that inspire you, quotes that inspire you, whether it's from scripture, your own words, uh, somebody that you have respected throughout history or something that when you look at it every day, it lifts your energy. So I wanna also bring up the anxiety and the depression that come with either um, time served in the military or veterans when they leave. Would you speak to that? Because for somebody who hasn't walked a mile in that individual's shoes, what is it that they might be facing or the root causes? Uh, anxiety and depression is very strong. Uh, I have to be honest with you. I never took it so much serious until I realized I developed anxiety and depression. And, oh, and I realized it becomes personal then. <laughs> it does. And, and a lot of people can't adapt until okay. they experience themselves. So it's like, so I realized it's so hard for people to take it serious because they can't relate. Okay. And, uh, I guess one of the biggest things that comes up with it's like it's thoughts that you keep up in your in your head or or anger or frustration that you don't release whenever it needs to be released but you know I guess basically what I'm saying is people deal with anxiety and depression because they need someone to talk to they need someone to be able to open up and vent to them about their concerns without someone thinking they're complaining because it's, it's even though they're complaining it's a concern they want to feel like you're understanding their concern they so feel that's seen, why you, heard, and understood. Go ahead. Absolutely. And you and you need more people to be able to have an ear and listen to you because you need to release that out of you because if you don't, you're holding that in. And then mm -hmm. you start giving up on yourself. And then by the time you, you, you develop this and you get to a point where you're on drugs or alcohol, they're not even looking at the need behind the need. They're just focusing on you being an alcoholic or, or on drugs. But you got to release that before you even get to that stage. You got to reach out for help or be able to vent to someone yeah so you know yeah so we're going to talk about the solutions in a moment but i want to stay with the problem do you think that it's do you think that that comes from because obviously there can be levels of trauma in the military like for instance somebody could be having breakfast with their their associate their comrade and hours later let's say if they're in the middle east or afghanistan they could uh you know see something that they don't want to see um, whether that's limbs being blown off or um, obviously not everyone in the military has done combat time, but there's definitely levels of, I'm going to just say it out loud, trauma, because I feel like sometimes in society, we, we, we tiptoe around 
you know, what I call like the third railroad line. The third railroad line is like, if we step on it, we could die. And so we're, we're also just so afraid to talk about it. But then people are walking around and it's like the silence bubble, not being able to give a voice, as you mentioned before, to their concern. So um, I, I think what I'm getting at is, so if we look at the problem for a moment, you know, what's, what's eating some of these people on the inside? And you can be generalized, of course, but I just want to bring the human aspect in, in naming it. Uh, I think the key uh, from, from my experiences has always been the unknown. Like, for example, like you mentioned, like, say you have a lunch with someone and then their limb get blown off, it catches you off guard. It's, just, it's the unknown matter of how to handle things that occur that come into your life that's unexpected. Just the same as when you get out of the military, you don't know what to expect when you get out. So that gives you anxiety. Uh, Going on deployments and stuff and not knowing if you're coming back home. And these are conversations that needs to be made prior to it. I mean, obviously you sign up for what you sign up for to serve the country, but we need to make sure everybody's on board with the worst case expectations going from there and everyone can be able to relate and adapt to one another, whether you're on a high ranking scale or a low ranking scale. We're all serving the country and we got to realize we're all important and need each other. Yeah. And, and we'll, that's what we'll, develops that. Yeah. And we'll get to rank in a moment, but I want to point the flashlight for a moment to this idea of control. There are the things we can control and then there's the things that we can't. And I think sometimes individuals in the military, I don't want to say that they can blame themselves. Obviously, this is a human nature quality. It's not just specific to one job, occupation or, or role that one would play. Um, but I, I think a part of that forgiveness has to come with accepting that, you know, there are those things we can't control so we can stop blaming ourselves. What say you? Uh, let me see. Well, you definitely got to stop blaming yourself for things you can't control. Uh, I just think the expectations that you deal with needs to be thrown out there ahead of time. And then you can determine if individuals can handle it or not, because otherwise they're going to blame themselves for something that's completely out of their hands because they wasn't aware of it. Yeah. And then the blame is something they can't control, even if it's self-sabotaging. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, One of the things we also talked about before this uh, podcast this morning, this video session is, um, you know, when somebody leaves the military, they can be scared oftentimes to take risks because they don't want to mess up the mission. And so Talk to me about that for a moment. Uh, that confidence piece. Confidence is a very strong word. And that's what's great about the military is that you, when you come in, you're confident that you can take on all the missions and you want to do well. You never want to do something that you already feel like you're going to fail. So that kind of gets, you kind of get adapted to that from start to finish. That Whenever I start this job, I know I'm going to finish. I'm going to do it well. Otherwise, I'm going to be frowned upon and get in trouble. So when you get out, these are new uh, careers or new decision-making as far as dealing with people, as far as dealing with new skills, jobs, uh, parenting, you name it. And uh, you still think of it with that military mentality. And sometimes you can be a little bit too aggressive. Sometimes it can, it can panic you a little bit. Okay. And uh, I know I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm all over the place, but I guess the point I'm trying to say is... Uh, it, it's it kind of it kind of spook you a little bit because if you already see something and you don't know what to expect on the other end, you're okay. so used to this certain way that you get adapted to. Okay, you're scared that, that you're going to fail, and and 
you don't realize like it's meant for you to be educated, learn, and, and, and go from there. It's even when it comes to parenting, even comes to a new job, you, you're overthinking it. You're scared to fail. And then another thing, you're scared to start from the bottom and start back over. I mean, ah, start right. from the bottom and go from there. So I don't know if I'm explaining it this way, but I guess I guess people are scared to take risks because they don't they don't know what to expect. They don't, they think making a mistake is considered a failure, just like a mission. You know, yeah. when it comes to certain missions, you can't make any mistakes to a yeah. certain degree because you may hurt someone. I think what I, I wanted you to highlight right there is that many times civilians won't understand that military individuals are mission driven. And Absolutely. this idea that can loom in the back of their mind of, I don't want to mess up the mission. Even if they're in just regular civilian life and the mission could just be something as simple as, um, you know, personal development, setting up their legacy believing that they can have a legacy and we'll get to your legacy in a moment but um i just wanted you to shine the flashlight there again for a moment because i think one of the paradoxes and i know i've definitely had this is this idea of well military personnel they've gone through boot camp they've had somebody yell at them for six weeks or if they're in special forces even longer how can they be afraid to take risks when it was required of them so on stage A, they were brilliant, and now here's stage B, and if half the homeless today are veterans, something's not adding up. And, and so I thought, you know, how timely it is that we get to have this conversation, because I think it needs to be explored compared to being ignored, or individuals to have assumptions or presumptions about veterans, or, or military individuals, if again, they haven't walked a day in their shoes, to understand the logic of why they're making the decisions that they're making, or not making for that matter. Absolutely. So uh, if I could say a sentence to you, and if you would fill in the blank, and this is the sentence, the problem in your words is, and what would you say? Lack of education or lack of a support network? I, I would say identifying yourself. Do tell. I would, I would just say identifying yourself. Uh, figuring out, like, I guess it's kind of like this. When, when you're young, you, you, you all, children, for example, they have all these goals. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. Uh, I want to serve the military or, you know, things like that. You got to go back to the fundamentals again when you get out. And that's how you identify yourself, trying to figure out what you're trying to do instead of just winging it. And okay. you, you got to realize, like, for example, as a kid, when you want to do certain things, like say you want to play sports or whatever, you don't just get a basketball and just become great at it. You got to practice and you got to understand you're going to miss shots. So identifying yourself means figuring out what works for you and keep going. And if some of the things you do, whether it comes up, five or 10 different choices, keep going until you figure out what works for you. That way you can move forward with your life and understand you learn from the other things. You learn that this is not for you and okay. you learn that this is for you. Yeah. Don't give up, keep going. Yeah, how, how do your four books address this in terms of ideas, strategies, insights? Uh, the biggest thing I would say is uh, keep going. Don't, don't stop, okay. uh, stay on that path. There's so many distractions to get you off this path. I always use this crazy scenario with the Wizard of Oz about the yellow brick road. Uh, keep it real quick. Dorothy, was her job was to go see the wizard. 
But yeah, yeah. she had friends that had her that was supporting her. And okay. then she had distractions. She had the wicked witch that was distracting her from getting stand on that path to go find the wizard to mm-hmm. bring her wish. So uh, no matter what, she stayed focused and she was surrounded by positive people that were supporting her to okay. keep moving forward. So I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is when you're on that path to the road to success, stay positive and surround yourself around positive people. Now, okay. I know that sounds easier said than done, but yeah. then you're going to have the distractions of drugs and alcohol. You're going to have distractions of bad influences and like that. And you just got to keep going. You got to use that as your motivation. Like, I don't want to be that way. I want to stay on this path. So the biggest thing is just stand motivated, redefining who you are as an individual. Okay. And no matter what, keep going. Keep going means if you get into that mode of depression, find something to get your mind off of, whether it comes to exercising, eating healthy, going for a walk, uh, make education fun. Everyone seems to think education is like a, it's like punishment or it's like, oh, I just need this to get a job. No, find more reasons for why you need to do things that's positive. Eat because not only it tastes good because it's healthy. Exercise because you don't want to get big, but it makes you healthy. You yeah, know, yeah. Things like that. So find multiple reasons for why things are important. And when you have those multiple reasons, that one reason doesn't affect you, at least the second reason will. Okay, wonderful. So I would, I might presume that your books are filled with realistic stories to motivate and inspire. Absolutely. And Absolutely. There's so many scenarios. Wonderful. And one of the things you mentioned is that when you sat down to write these four books, it was almost like you were just speaking from your heart to the reader. Absolutely. Because you want it to be genuine. Because if you have to stand there and think of something to write about or something to talk about, even though it may be accurate because you, you focus on it, but it's not realistic. And the reason why you got you to gotta write is if you're speaking to the individual, because when the person reading it, they got to make sure that it's pertaining to them. They got to make sure that they can relate to it. And it's resonating. You know? Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's build out the context a little bit more. Would you um, share anything that maybe the viewer or listener might not know in terms of the correlation or relationship between rank and confidence? so I have this idea and then and then please tell me your ideas that perhaps with senior officers compared to enlisted sergeants in junior ranks that what one has to do that's regimented regimented in expectations maybe certain um maybe the degree of who gets to I don't want to presume that everyone follows orders because sometimes even grunts have to be creative to adapt to their environment. But if they've spent four years of following orders, now they've just left and you're asking them almost in a sense to create their orders. And they've never uh, done that before. They've never written orders or many have not. Let me see. I guess the, the, the most important thing when it comes to rank or anything the, the key word is leadership. Okay. You got to focus more on leadership, whether you're the one leading it or whether you're the one that's following the leader okay. rather than just focusing on managing someone. Because if, if your whole objective is just to give orders, give orders, a person might not understand the importance for it, and they might not want to take that order from you rather than you inspiring them, encouraging them to do it. Because if you inspire and encourage someone to do something or you're that individual that's leading people, they're going to want to do it. It's going to make your job easy. But if you get to the point where if you as a leader are so mm-hmm. used to coming up with tasks and so used to taking orders and 
and it's all about just do as I say or whatever, when it's time for you to get out, are you going to be able to adapt to that or are you going to want someone to be able to explain to you how this works? So, and as a and and as an individual, if you're the person that's used to dealing with the rank, as far as being managed and stuff, you got to determine if you want to be managed or you want to be led. And it's all, it's pretty much based on how you respond to the individual. So I don't know if I lost you. No, 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 you're great. Um, so what I'm hearing in that, and I want the listeners and the viewers to pick up on, is if somebody for four years, they were managed and they had to follow orders, then whether it's four years or 20 years, all of a sudden, they're released to the real world, the outside world. I'm not saying that, um, let me reframe that. Obviously the military is still the real world, but, but, they're, but they're released. And, and so now they get to leave, but if all they've known is how to strictly follow orders so they don't have to go to the brig, now Absolutely. it's giving them the pencil and saying, please write your own orders, write your own legacy plan, write your own unique original goals, and that might be the scariest thing for them that they don't even want to pick up the pencil because that in itself brings up a fear of what if I write down the wrong thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. So, so that's the, the, the part. And it's not just military individuals. It's also uh, people that have worked in corporate America for a number of years as a, a lifer or a career corporate uh, individual executive. And then they leave that and nobody's written a job description for them. And now they're tasked, if they so choose it, right? Mission Impossible, music in the background, boom, boom, yeah, okay. Uh, to accept the personal agency around their legacy. Because, and I bring this up because it, it, I think what you're asking your reader through your books is to step out of that box, to trust themselves again, not be afraid that they're gonna fail a mission, but rather get curious about what they can learn and not, not just rely on those past experiences where somebody did the thinking for them. Absolutely. And uh, it's great that you said that. And like you said, there may be times where you can't rely on someone, but also you got to take the bad with the good with the bad. If there's some things you know that dealt with that you was uncomfortable with, you got to find ways to overcome that and move forward. I like what you just mentioned about resumes, right? Like job description. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't know how to write a resume, it's it's cool to ask people for help. But what do you do when you don't have help? You got to do your research on your own. You don't just sit back and take the failure. And and most military people, and, I, and I'm using myself as an example, you're, you're so adapted. Oh, I can show up work on time. I can be presentable. And I'm doing as I'm told. That is great. Don't get me wrong. Those are great fundamentals as an individual. But that's but one skill set. That's one skill set, like you just said. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, but joining the military, you don't have those skill sets right away. Even though you take a, a test for it to put you in a certain job, you have to learn and develop those. But you, it can come off as encouraged or it can come off as force. Okay. So you got. So when you get out, you there. There's some jobs that ain't gonna just say, okay, we're just gonna hire this individual because they they're willing to learn this net. That. That's why you have to educate yourself. That's why the military gives you benefits to go to school. Make sure you go to school for something to learn. Make sure you take on the challenge. Okay. And the biggest key behind all of this is diversity. You got to be diverse. You can't just do everything your way. That's that's that, That's when I speak on leadership and management. As mm -hmm. a leader, you have to be diverse to individuals. You got to be able to lead people a certain way. You, you might can't lead me the way you lead an individual. But okay. as far as managing someone, giving someone a task, 
You just put it on the wall, make sure this gets done. You don't care how it gets done, but all the individuals take that order. So that's the same as when you get out, you're so used to just taking orders or just so used to doing this by just showing work on time. If you don't know something, find out a way to learn it. Reach out to people, network with people, and quit waiting for people to try to help you. You have to help yourself first. If you show that you can help yourself, people will be willing to help. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things you're speaking to is for individuals to trust themselves. Absolutely. And maybe they need to trust themselves for the first time, or maybe they need to trust themselves again. Again and again. And don't yeah. stop. If yeah. You accomplish, if you accomplish something, say you get a new job or say you get a degree. No one's saying you got to get another degree. Like, like me, I'm big on education because I promised my parents that when I joined the military, I was going to go to school because school was first. And then I wasn't able to make those choices. So I did it. But the point I'm trying to make, once you learn a skill or once you educate yourself on something, challenge yourself to learn something else because okay. the way the economy works, things change on a daily basis and you need to be flexible and diverse. Yeah. If you could have a megaphone for a moment to individuals that are struggling and it could be the 50% of today's homeless that happen to be veterans. It could be the, the young adults that are leaving and trying to find that transition into the world. If you could have a megaphone, what would you say? Challenge yourself. Okay. And, and the reason why I say challenge yourself is because you took on the challenge to, to, to put your life on for the country. It shouldn't get no harder than that. You know, you put your life on the line. The other thing is, is you, you can't go worse. You can, you can go better. All you're doing is adding pluses to your resume. So when I say challenge yourself, go out there and do something that you already know people are going to doubt you to do. If you're, if you're so, I, I give a quick example. Uh, say you, uh, Say you work in the medical field, no disrespect. The medical field is phenomenal. It's great. It's one of the most important things in this world. Challenge yourself to do, uh, um, let's see. If you want to, I guess the point I'm trying to make, I don't want to just throw out a random one, but I was used to dealing with working around aircraft and aviation. I'm not going to go into details about that. Okay. I challenged myself to do administrative work, to get out there and speak instead of just going out there turning wrenches or going out there building stuff, putting stuff together, I okay. challenge myself to go out there and communicate and speak with people. Most okay. people are known for being stage fright. So yeah. challenge yourself to do that. And then when you do it, you're going to get nervous at first, but then you're going to feel good about it. And then you're going to keep going, keep going. You know what? I'm, I'm getting a little too complacent with this. I'm getting bored. Let me challenge myself to do something different. Well, you're talking so about the, the upward spiral. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think individuals need to challenge themselves and don't take the easy route. We know there are certain jobs that will just hire veterans. We know there are certain jobs that you know you can get. Challenge to challenge yourself to do something that you don't think is going to get handed to you. And you're not only going to worry about people appreciate you, you're going to appreciate yourself. Yeah. Because you took on that challenge. So that's what makes people confident and strong is taking on challenges, taking on something that you know people are not going to believe you, but you believe in yourself. Yeah, and we're, ha we're the happiest when we're growing, even though familiarity is easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So if I were to make a distinction between the doers and the creators, what role does creativity play in your view? And obviously you've written four books and that takes creativity for someone to leave that comfort zone. Let me see. Uh, so if someone was to leave the comfort zone or, or being yeah, creative? Yeah, yeah, like the doers versus the creators, because I think there's a distinction around if I'm just a doer, and what I mean by a doer is somebody that is just following orders. Well, I showed okay. up, yeah, I showed up to work, I did the minimums, but to be a creator, 
Now they got to write that resume. They got to pick that educational curriculum. They've got to challenge themselves. They got to be creative compared to just showing up and doing what someone else wants them to do. So I think my question to you around creativity is even in your own personal journey, how did you connect again with your creativity? Uh, the most important thing is just throwing yourself out there and getting feedback to see if it's like a product. Does this work? Is this something that's helping individuals? Okay. So create, So being creative is not about just being creative for yourself, but being creative for others, being a leader. That's why leadership is so important. You got to be the, the individual to throw yourself out there. And then when they see that you can do it, then wait, if Tony can do it, then I can do it. And then you get feedback from it. So that's the most important thing about being creative is finding something positive that you want to create and seeing if it somehow helps on individual. I told myself when creating those books, as long as one person is inspired by all those, just one, I have accomplished myself. And now I'm good in that. Now I got to find something else to reach out to individuals to help them. So that's Uh-oh. the biggest thing about being creative, finding a way to change. Like we, we all want to change the world for the good, but it starts on a lower scale. So anything you're doing, Make sure it's something that's going to have a positive impact other than just self-impact only. Self-impact is great, but make sure whatever you're doing is beneficial to others as well. Okay. And is, is there anything in particular that inspired you? I mean, it would, I mean, parents, life experiences, a particular drill sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, I would say all of the above. Okay. Uh, but my, my parents, my, my parents, they definitely led by example. They work hard. Uh, they had four boys that wanted a lot. And my parents didn't just say, okay, well, we're just going to work just to put food on the table. Uh, they did everything to make our lives better as far as making sacrifices. Uh, I seen both of my parents when I was young work multiple jobs. Uh, I remember when my parents bought our first home and uh, I seen the struggle of what my dad went through. Uh, and my mom, she was very supportive of my dad, both of them. But I just remember my dad working three jobs when I was like, I think I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I was like, how, how is this possible? But he did it and he did not stop until mm. we got that home. And then when we got the home, it was beautiful. It was nice. Uh, it was one of the newest houses in the neighborhood. But I saw the struggle and what it took to get that. So that that was one of those things. Like, if you want something, you got to strive. You got to work hard for it. You can't just complain because this individual out here is wealthy or this person's here. If you want some, you got to fight for it. So that's what got me into education. Like, if you go to school, you're going to get more opportunities. If you join the military, it's going to give you more structure. So uh, that, my parents was the first thing. And then when I joined the military, I learned about mentorship. I had a mentor. So I I took advice from individuals that was walking my shoes and, and giving me shortcuts to the mistakes they made. And then I found a best friend, which I spoke, which you mentioned earlier, named Tangible. Yep. She told me a lot about the adulthood, about learning about fits and credit, learning about uh, enjoying life other than just buying shoes and clothes, traveling, doing stuff. So those are some of the, the strongest impacts that made me become creative. So yeah. a lot of this stuff comes from all the experiences from it. So there's a lot of good with the military. Don't get me wrong. Like the mentorship is, is the most important thing. Letting people know. Yeah, but it's missing that piece that when individuals leave that they've got the instruction manual and the support network to excel and thrive compared to, yeah, become a statistic. 
and, and when it comes to self-accountability, as mentioned before, uh, sometimes you got to go back to the basic roots like that. Like with the military, we can all focus on some of the hard things, but you got to focus on the good things too. You got to focus on the fundamentals of being presentable, uh, showing up for work on time. So don't forget that. A lot of people get out and they want to grow their hair out, grow beards and stuff. They want to feel normal, but you got to do what's necessary to get to that next level too. So if it requires you to wear a suit to work, if it requires you to, to, to do it. So there's a lot of things you got to do yourself to make yourself more efficient to the, the, the world, shall I say, you know, yeah. no doubt. So I think one of the things you're speaking to right now is the positive story that you you are playing in your head that motivates you to get better and better and, uh, and build on strength to strength. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's before when I asked you if you could have a megaphone, what would you say? Because for those individuals that are playing a story again and again, that's negative, that's not serving them. It's how do you change that internal story then? So they're feeding themselves the good stuff. Uh picking better decisions in this world of, of what they can select, whether it's that food, who they surround themselves with, because in willpower, if somebody starts to slide, they can give up and give up and give up. And it can happen real and visible and people around them won't notice, especially if those people are apathetic compared to, you know, what you're talking about. It's almost like this inner drive, this inner voice that is pushing you to get better and better and not to wait for someone else to give you that order or write Absolutely. you that order. Absolutely. I, I'll just tell you straight up what was the biggest challenge to me when I first joined the military and the biggest fear, shall I say, okay. swimming. I joined the Navy and didn't know how to swim. <laughs> my, my friends back home, they laughed at me like, are you crazy? Like, you don't know how to swim. Everyone knew I couldn't swim. And uh, that was the biggest challenge in boot camp, you know? So I didn't give up. And it's so crazy. We was there for eight weeks. It took that last day that I was supposed to be in boot camp for me to pass because all my friends was leaving. And that gave me that momentum. Like, oh man. So uh that's that's another case of getting challenge yourself with something that you're not comfortable with. And then when I passed that swimming test, everything else came, I ain't gonna say easy, but it wasn't as challenging as it was a swimming test. So it just makes you remind yourself when you strive hard and challenge yourself to do stuff, all the other things are gonna fall in place. But you can't just suspect everything to just work in your favor. So get out of your comfort zone to figure out who you are as an individual, you know? Yeah. And I might also add to that. Remember who you are before the trauma. Absolutely. Yeah. If I were to take over. Thank you. Do you want to say anything else about that? Because that's the, the spot that I think is not being talked into. Well, like you said, remember who you are as an individual. You as an individual. Uh. I just like I'm very spiritual, you know, and 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 I and I speak on it. Uh, God don't put anything on you that you can't bear. So these challenges that you deal with are for a reason. They are for a reason because He knows you can handle. Them. So don't give up. And don't get me wrong. There's times where I'll be feeling like I want to give up too, and I get frustrated and angry by it. But I find a way to get over that hump. So just remember who you are as an individual. You're strong. I Tony passed that swimming test. So if I can pass that swimming test, which is like, oh man, I can swim my eyes closed like it ain't nothing. That was my challenge. You figure out what your challenge was and you remember you as that individual was capable of doing it. So when you go through these traumas and stuff, don't forget the things that you went through before that. Because if you let that thing in front of you get in your way, then what happened to all the other things that was in front of you that you passed? So anytime yeah. something gets in front of you, 
climb over that hump and move on and take it as a lesson learned and be able to relate to other people when they go through. You know what? I went through the same thing. I couldn't swim either. But I'm going to tell you what I did to pass that swimming test. You know, treat it as a lesson learned. Treat it as a story, you know, yeah. and go from there. Yeah. Bravo for, for saying that because I think that is empowering and it needs to be said. And it also uh, can change the energy in a room. Absolutely. Yeah. And we need to share. A lot of people, the reason why a lot of people deal with a lot of anxiety and depression because no one's is networking and helping each other. We need to open up and reach out to people or share some of our stories. And when you do it, you got to be able to relate. You can't be, no disrespect to a Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or any of them. Mm -hmm. These are people that are on a higher level or Elon Musk that is like, oh man, I want to be a billionaire. I want to be rich like these people. You need to start at the bottom and yeah, and try to, can I relate to this individual beside me? Because that's going to build more confidence. That's going to be more realistic. It is realistic. Yeah, you can't expect to be um, Bill Gates if you didn't start out at Bill Gates as as Bill Gates. That would be like setting yourself up for, for uh, yeah, yeah, and that's not fair to you. So yeah, I I appreciate you're saying what you're saying right now to be realistic, even with the role models that you pick that absolutely have walked for you and start taking quotes from people around you, but just taking quotes from people who are rich. Just because just because the person is rich, that doesn't mean they're a quote is better than the individual who's working at, at a fast food restaurant or a person who's working locally. Take quotes, listen to people, and, and ask questions. Because just because you see the individual working with that three-piece suit or this individual that that uh, wears this beautiful dress and, and drives a great car, like, figure out, get advice, ask them for mentorship, because they didn't just roll out of bed with a suit on, with a dress or a nice car. So yeah. this is believable things that you know you can get to the next level. But we all are to ourselves and focus on ourselves instead of reaching out, helping people. So when you go through that phase where you are stressed out and overcome that, go back out and help other people get through that. Amen. We need to help each other. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yeah, I see. So I think that's brilliant because I see sometimes when people become discouraged, it's like that metaphor of the crabs in the cage and they'll sooner pull somebody down than lift them up. Yeah. Oh, that's always (laughs) that, that happens a lot. Yeah, just we all go through things. And a lot of people who know me as an individual, they know I went through a lot and it it gets stressful. You feel like you want to give up on everything. But when you get on your feet and someone gives you an opportunity to get you over that hump and you build that confidence, go back and help these individuals, pick, lift them back up. That's what we do in the military. We we all protect each other and, and come back home safe. It's the same thing when you get out. It's the same thing. Go back and help people, give people opportunities. Teach yeah. people how to go for job interviews. You no, know, go for nurse. Like, yeah. And share if, the well. Well said. If I were to say to you, mission specific or strategic specific, would that mean anything to you? You mean either or or both of them? Um, what that might mean to somebody in the military. Uh, I would say mission specific means just you already know what the mission is. Stay focused. Okay. And, and and do as you told and, and come back safe. Okay. Uh, being strategic is as after the mission. So you already know what the mission is, but be strategic. Find ways to work smarter instead of harder. Okay. Uh, instead of just, for example, say say there's a mission out there and there's 10 people. There's probably three people who knows how to do the mission. The other seven don't. Okay. Even though you got to get it done, instead of rushing getting it done, teach the other seven how to do it. And then when the other seven is done, when they're in charge of the mission, they teach other people. 
So mission is great, but make sure everyone understands the mission. Make sure everyone understands the importance of it. That's where the leadership comes in at. Lead people. Don't just, oh, I already know how to do it. You know what? I'm just going to do it. No, that's what being strategic is. Strategic means just because you know how to do it, can you teach someone how to do it? That's the challenge. Teaching someone to do something that you believe in rather than just showing them. Right. So well, that's so, what I think. Okay. So let me turn it to spiritual aspects for a moment. Um, okay. Some veterans have mentioned to me the aspect of spiritual forgiveness um, when it comes to letting go of maybe the things that they couldn't be in control of or buying into a belief. How do you think the spiritual aspects of oneself, whether it's forgiveness or any other aspect, plays into a veteran's ability to get themselves back on their feet again, or anyone that has served military time that has found themselves between a rock and a hard place? Um, I, I have a basis of faith. I think we all naturally have faith. Faith is some type of belief that you believe in. And uh, even though you get in a certain aspect, your, your spirituality of what you believe in allows you to keep going. So uh, the most important thing, even if you're tasked to do something that you're uncomfortable with, you, you know what your faith entails, you know where your heart is at. So as long as you're doing mentally what you feel is right in the right state of mind, you'll be fine. So uh, okay. the, the most important thing is just, just believing in yourself and, and believing that God is watching over you. We're, no one's perfect. And that's the most important thing. Just your spirituality just lets you know it's okay to make mistakes. If you do something wrong, ask for forgiveness. Even as a, as a leader in my past, as a manager, uh, I was harsh on some people myself. And I had to learn, I had to learn down the road, like, hey, I could have handled that better. Or even as an employee making terrible mistakes, I could have did this better, you know. So just, just don't forget who you are as a person as far as having faith, believing in who you are and learning from your mistakes. Okay. Okay, wonderful. So um, I think that can add to the healing process also, if, 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 if a healing process is needed. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think a part of it is that blank void of what do I do? I don't know what to do. And then another part of it that could be layered on top could be um, if there's any element of trauma, whether it's buried or it's minor or it's major. Yeah. Absolutely. To, to, he, to heal enough to assimilate back into society to do basic things. And then also to build on that, to be creative and. Absolutely. And just people just got to understand when you're in a healing process, they call it healing for a reason. You don't heal overnight. It, it can take weeks. It can take months. It can take years. But as long as you're on the right path, okay. things are going to get better. That's what any type of things that we've learned from, even fits and credit or, or learning or, or just exercise or whatever, you're not going to get strong overnight. Your credit is not going to jump up overnight. So as long as you're on the right path, that means you're healing. If you're constantly going and going, you're, you're learning and, and you're focused. That's the most important thing. So you'll know if you're healing whenever you notice that what you was doing last year, you're doing the total opposite this year because you didn't even realize it was just going. And you're like, wait, last year, man, who would have thought I'd be where I'm at right now? You know, it's the same as me. You know, <laughs> every year I try to strive to be a better person. And I look back like, man, my whole goal first was just to write one book. And I already wrote four books just like that, you know, so just keep going. Yeah. That's healing. Absolutely. So with the military, typically they have every instruction written down. 
If you could write a manual to help one find their support system beyond Veterans Affairs, what might you suggest? That's a tough one. <laughs> Social media, hobbies. I think in the military has a lot of great systems in place, a lot of policies in place. Uh, I think I think as far as what we emphasize on the tail end when you get out, as far as like these are the things you can do, go to job fairs, go do this and go do that. I think they need to push that more towards the front end. Uh, I think therapy needs to be more, whether people feel you need therapy or not. Okay. And I don't think, I understand individual therapy, but I think therapy needs to be out there amongst us all in the front end. But when, when it's therapy, it's gotta, it should, it should be more like motivation, shall I say, like, 40. I guess, he, right. I, I guess, for example, like, for example, I think more motivation, more, more making you feel good about what you're doing. For example, like, Playing we have the, the holidays. Strikes. Absolutely. Like, so we deal with Veterans Day. We deal with the 4th of July. We deal with all these certain holidays where we appreciate veterans. Uh, it should be more motivation consistently on the front end to make you understand, even though you're having those rough days or hard days, we do appreciate what you're doing and what you're doing is very important. So I just think more motivation should be up front. So I guess you can call that some type of therapy as a group or as a whole, but uh, not just giving people the wars and stuff, but just mentally or physically speaking to people about why they're so important. Let the E1 know he's just as important as the E9 or, or the officer or whoever. Everybody's important. We all need each other. So that's what I would do as far as policy, like create more motivation as far as even from the juniors, let, let, the, let the, the juniors motivate the scene, just like the seniors motivate the juniors, just as a whole. Everyone needs to motivate each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the things we, we spoke about earlier in this conversation is if everyone wants to be seen, heard, and understood, one way to build out that support network is that uh, encouragement, you know, whether it's from the top down or the bottom up. Absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like, like just, just telling someone good morning will go a long way. Yeah. Like I remember, and I, like I said, I'm not here to be negative about nothing. I just, we, we go through things. There's good days and there's bad things. But one thing I would never regret serving this country. I love what I've done and I'm proud of myself. But there were some days where you tell someone good morning, they'll keep walking. And I'm just like, but, or a person just walked by, you know, say nothing. But just telling someone good morning, good afternoon, have a good day. Just the simple fundamentals as an individual helps. But I see you tell this person, you won't say good morning to this person, then someone important come in or someone that <laughs> you focus on, you'll tell them. And then I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand. I'm, I'm just saying like little simple uh, compliments like that. Helps, okay. You know, I get policy, but policy, policy, we, we all need policy because we don't have policy or structure or anything. Everything would be all over the place, but motivate, encourage people on policies, make them feel like this is important and this is encouraging. We all understand it's important, but encourage people. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's the way I look at things. You know? Got it. So in the last uh, 200 years, I think there's been maybe two or four years that the United States has not been in some type of conflict. Would you just uh, humor me for a moment and repeat a few of the solutions that you offer in your books? Uh, let's see. I know you've talked a lot about self-discipline and accountability. Self-discipline is, is definitely one. Uh, like I mentioned over and over again uh, to many out there, redefine yourself. 
redefine who you are as an individual. Don't accept the negative side of you or the, the give up side of you. Uh, like I said, being diverse, after traveling the world, everyone does things different. You gotta be able to adapt to others. You can't force people to always adapt to you. Learn to adapt to others. Uh, and, and one of the, the strongest ones, which <laughs> I was very stubborn about, because I could stand and have all the right answers, but I had a lot of wrong answers in the past too. Uh, I was very stubborn. If I didn't agree with something, I was very stubborn. I kept my word. Sometimes you gotta pick your battles because if you see on the other end, if that's going to, just by you getting your point across, is it going to help you in the longevity? If you already know it's not going to help you in longevity, just pick your battles and say, is this really that important to try to get my point across? So that, that's one of the most important things. Uh, Self-accountability, redefining who you are as an individual. Uh, uh, picking your battles. And... I don't know. I think I think just stand focused and just stand motivated. Just keep going, no matter yeah. what. So, I know I'm all over the place, but they all no, that's like, great. upon each other. Yeah. You know? And I think what you mentioned about picking the battles, it's where are we going to invest our, our energy? Yes, that was one of the strong things that I had to learn. And I have so many scenarios of that. And I guess the most important thing people got to understand, you got to understand your strengths and weaknesses. No one wants to feel to have weaknesses. I was one of those individuals whenever, whenever. I was doing an interview or I was getting evaluated. They'll say, pick your strengths and pick your witness. I'm like, I ain't got no witnesses. And, you know, <laughs> and, and it's like, <laughs> and it was like, everyone has weaknesses, but it's so hard to evaluate your issues and things you need to work on. And us as human beings, as far as self-accountability, that's the key. You need to, don't, we all know what you're good at, but what are you not good at? That's what you need to focus on. And one of the things that I was I was not good at is uh, I was very stubborn when it comes to uh, taking orders from someone if they gave me an order that didn't make sense to me or nothing or or something that I felt was wrong, I, I, I had a voice. So I used to get in a lot of trouble because I had a voice. And there's times where people did things they wasn't supposed to do as far as abusing their authority. I didn't bite my tongue, but sometimes you need to bite your tongue because what that does, you're making it known how this individual is as far as their the way they're abusing authority, but it's making it known for you as far as like the way your actions are. Whenever something doesn't work in your favor, you don't hear what you want to hear. You respond a certain way. Sometimes you just got to take a step back, listen, and realize if it's not going to hurt you or hurt others, mm -hmm. you can keep going. Yeah. So that's that's very strong. Uh, constructive criticism amongst yourself. Take constructive criticism and give yourself constructive criticism. So that's a challenge for a lot of people that you ain't going to learn overnight. Yeah, well, it's reflection, and it, it means that we have to step away from this idea that we can only be perfect, and if we're not perfect, then it's like, yeah, some people get caught in that bind of, it can only be perfect or it's nothing. Absolutely. You just try to be perfect, but, you know, you, you got to understand we're not perfect. You know? Yeah, it's all progress. It's all the gray area. Yeah. So, totally Tony, agree. yeah, is this how you want to leave your legacy? Absolutely. I, I, I definitely want to leave my legacy uh, knowing that I want to be known for not being selfish. I want to be known for changing and saving lives. And my, my dad, my dad is one of the biggest influences. My dad is a pastor and uh, he strives every day to change people's lives and, and, and get people in the right path, you know, and uh, learn from your mistakes. And, and, and it's okay to uh, 
be forgiven for the things you've done in the past. And, and what I want, he helps others. So I'm kind of like him. I like helping people. I really like helping people. Every day I strive to help people because it's hard when you don't have help. And that's what people deal with, with anxiety and depression, because they feel like you're coming to an end. They feel like there's no hope. Give people hope. Yeah. You know, and I, I love to make people smile. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, compared- I just want to change lives. That's beautiful compared to them staying invisible or feeling invisible or buying into this idea that they are invisible. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I guess these, your books and and your podcasts and so forth are the steps you're taking to help, you know, change their legacies as you develop your own. Absolutely. Sometimes people don't want to physically hear you. So I, I write the books for a reason because like say you're doing a motivation speaking or trying to speak to someone in front of you. they might it might not be the time and place for them to talk i mean to hear you that yeah. book will always be there so when you when you're going through something you can pick that book up and it can motivate you my books are meant to motivate people whenever they're in a terrible space and sometimes i have to read my own books again to remind me like even when i'm going through things so uh that's what the books are there for to motivate people and to keep them going no matter lovely. what lovely and uh, what personal values do you get to honor by your legacy mission? Personal values? <laughs> I would definitely say challenge. Challenge myself. Uh, well diverse. Kind of like practice everything I preach. And uh, Challenging, well diverse. Uh, uh, wanting to help others. And always willing to learn. That's the most important thing. You can't never learn too much. Just always willing to learn. That's the most important thing. Willing to learn. Lovely. A growth mindset. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tony, uh, for bringing your thoughts to the subject of what the veterans are facing. But also, I think it transcends boundaries of uh, individuals that are in the civilian population when they need to pick themselves back up again. Because... Um, I think with uh, anxiety and depression, people do need to return back to, you know, the basics of what you've referred to and written about, which is accountability and self-discipline. Um, are there any closing thoughts before I close out this podcast? Uh, I'm definitely grateful to, to, to join you today and speak upon this as far as helping others out there. Uh, I'm definitely proud that I served my country and got to meet a lot of wonderful people. Uh, the man I am today, uh, thank God for that. And I thank a lot of others because a lot of me is based off a lot of leadership and guidance from others, whether it's my parents or friends and stuff. And I just think we all just need to look out for each other, especially this time of year, you know, just go out and look out, support people, reach out, give a hand, whether it's advice, whatever. So when you help others, make the world a better place, you know, network and help each other. Move forward, just stay positive. Very good. Okay. So in closing, I'm Angelina Carlton, the hostess of the Design Your Legacy podcast, as well as the founder to Legacy Planning, a boutique coaching and advisory firm based out of Beverly Hills, California, but international in those I coach. I hope to dive deep into subjects that can help a person define, develop, and execute their legacy and continue to scour the landscape for those who can be great resources to every dimension of your legacy. For many listeners, There can never be enough education and preparation in their moat around the castle. Whether you find yourself with new wealth or generational wealth, may the content of this channel be an anchor in the storms ahead. We do our best to provide original content content for your intellectual and emotional curiosity. 
Thank you for joining us today. And remember, I coach people on the subject of personal legacies. Of course, please do your own due diligence on the, the black and the white areas, as some areas are gray in nature, given the changing landscape. And I hope that you find these podcast interviews entertaining in their education. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you.